0: Three times a year, Shelley, we get tons of requests for this next song I want to ask you about. And it's, it's like 4th of July, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, uh, bumper of my SUV. And it wasn't a big commercial hit for you, but it seems to be a song that people remember just as much as any of your other hits because of the content of the song. And I know you have a very interesting story about how you were inspired to write that one.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a story that I, I struggle to do it, the song live without telling the story. Um and and I'm glad you asked about it. And I and I I love that you guys get requests for it and I, I hear I mean it's again, that's a song every day I get a note about. Every day and that song was, you know, fifteen year almost fifteen years ago. So the story behind the song is that, you know, my brother is a Marine. Um, he retired a few years ago after 28 years in the, in the Marine Corps. But um, as he was being deployed over to um, Iraq and Afghanistan and Kuwait in uh, 2004, he sent me a, a bumper sticker, a Marine Corps bumper sticker. And I put it on my vehicle, and, um, and it led to uh, – after I got back from a trip uh, playing for the troops in Iraq, it led to a woman – flipping me the bird on West End Avenue in Nashville. And and I thought, well, maybe I cut her off or I didn't know what had happened. And we got to a red light and she rolled down her window and I rolled down mine and she was cussing me out. And she pointed to the back of my car and said, your war is wrong. And I just, and then she sped off. And I, I I wanted to talk to her about the questions I had about the war and about my brother and that's why I have the sticker and I play for the troops and I come from a military family and, But I didn't get to because she sped away. So I went home and I wrote this song. And this was in uh, 2003, I guess. It was late 2003. Uh, Yes, because it was uh, June when I went over in 2003 for the first time to Iraq. And so I wrote this song, never played it for anybody. Sixteen months went by. I was about to go back to Iraq, and I found that song in my hard drive of my computer. So I burned a copy, put a CD in my backpack went to Iraq. And right before one of our shows at Camp Arifjan in Kuwait, I handed the disc to my guitar player and said, hey, learn this really quickly. We might do it. So I ended up doing the show and the, uh, doing the song in the show and telling the audience, it's a brand new song. Nobody's ever heard it. You know, I'm, never, I'm not going to record it, but just want to play it for y'all. And, and after the show, there were hundreds of guys and gals lined up to say hi after they always do after a show. And and uh they were all like i mean so many of them said you got to record that song you got to record it and i you know it's like no i de- i want it to be a, something special between us and you know i don't want to put a song out there and be misunderstood about you know a lot of people were coming out with military pro military songs at the time or patriotic songs and i just didn't want anyone to misunderstand my relationship with the troops and also money is made when you put out a song and you know i just i didn't want that i just wanted this special thing between the troops and and me and they they seemed happy with that so we did we were in country for 10 days and did the show every night and it was the same reaction every night and emotional and you know uh, i think I'm, i mean i get choked up still thinking about it and um we were playing uh, our second to last show at a place called FOB Summerall and it was um the home of the Big Red One, which was my grandfather's, you know, 1st Infantry Division, my grandfather's, uh, you know, what he was part of in the, in, in the Army in, in, during World War II. And so I felt like, well, this is cool to be here with these guys and such a, such a tenuous situation, and these guys haven't had entertainment since they've been here. And so we do the show. I do the song. After the show, a guy comes through the autograph line, and on his fatigues it says Henry. Now, Henry was my grandfather's last name. And I said to this kid, you know, Josh Henry, I said, yeah, we could be related and kind of, you know, this is so cool. And he said, you got to record that song. My, you know, my mom would love it. So we just kind of hit it off. My piano player was from Pennsylvania and talked to Josh Henry. Josh was from Pennsylvania. It was just the kind of the same night we always have with the military guys and gals. And it was just guys that night because it was a fob. And, um, the next morning we get up and we my band and I and crew we head off in two black hawk helicopters to Camp Taji which was the last the you know stop of our tour and when we land at Camp Taji we got a phone call from Bob Summerall that Josh Henry had been killed that morning oh man in the line of duty
0: I'm so sorry to hear that
1: you know it was uh it it kind of you've never seen a more sober group of musicians and uh, crew fly back out of a war zone back on four flights to get back to Nashville. And when we landed, I just knew I had to record that song. I, I, and and so I booked Gordon Mode on piano and Stuart Duncan on mandolin, booked the studio, did a quick, simple, down-and-dirty recording, not digital, you know, just uh, not multi track, just like as simple as it could be. We recorded it, and I sent it off to Armed Forces Radio Network, and I just felt like this weight lifted, like, okay, I did, I, I satisfied, and something. I, I did something that I was supposed to, that the universe told me to do. And then a couple of weeks later, I get a call from Jeff Davis, program director out of Jacksonville, Florida. He said, Shelly, can we go live on the air? And I said, why? I didn't have a record out at the time. I didn't even have a record deal at the time. I said, why? He said, this song is blowing up our lines, our, our request line. I said, what song are you talking about? And apparently a soldier... In Iraq, had heard the song on Armed Forces Radio Network, went to the location there in Iraq, got a copy, sent it home to his mother (laughs) in Florida. She took that copy to Jeff Davis at the radio station and said, put this on the air. He did, and the song blew up the request line. And then radio stations from all over were asking Jeff to send it to them, and then Walmart calls me. And they said, We've got, we've got people walking into Walmart trying to buy this CD. We got to have it. And then uh, that was my worst fear, right? That there was a commercial aspect to the song. And so I was able to quickly coordinate that every penny I made from it would go to a nonprofit organization called Stars Four Stripes that took uh, entertainment over to the troops. It was the organization that had taken me on that tour that where we met Josh Henry. So. That song became, it began to climb the charts and it just got crazy and it became, uh, it became a big record and it's still a big record and I I think it uh, is an important record. Not, not, I'm not uh, trying to boast the song at all, but but what, what I think that song just kind of caught fire with people is because it says, regardless of anyone's political affiliation or where you, what you think about what happened in the Middle East, I think it said what all of us want to say, as long as there are boots on the ground or boots in the air and dangerous places, most of us just want to say thank you.
0: That's where I'm coming from as well. I knew there was a story behind it. I didn't know the extent of the story behind it. I mean, for all of those things to come together like that, that is, that is amazing. And I also want to thank your brother for his 28 years of service, Josh Henry, of course, and his family. And anyone else who's served that might be listening right now, making that sacrifice for our country is, is something we'll never be able to repay.
1: Well, I'll, my brother actually just dialed in as I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> I will pass along uh, your gratitude. And, and you know, I think that's in these military families. It's, it's not when somebody serves in a family, it's the service of their entire family that is just so resonant with me. I've, I've watched military families and, and uh, you know, they pick up and they go and they do, you know, deployments together. And sometimes they don't get to go along uh, when their husband or wife has a new duty station. This is an incredible sacrifice that our men and women make and have always made and will continue to make. And the world is not getting any less dangerous. Um, so I'm glad that bumper of my SUV is still being uh, heard and uh, lifted up um, it's, it's certainly been an important record in my career.
0: I suppose we'll go from one emotional topic to another because it was a couple of years after that that you would start working on your memoir, like me, Confessions of a Country Singer. Like you started it in 2007, it comes out 2010. And it's when you became one of the first and the only country musician at that time to come out of the closet. As these things tend to do, stirred up a bunch of controversy at the time. And all eyes were on you as the first openly gay country music singer in history. I know the reaction to that wasn't all bad, but it certainly wasn't all good either. What was that time like to navigate through?
1: Uh, It was a big, big secret. Um, Of course, during the zenith of my career, when I was at my most successful, I had a partner, Secret. Uh, we, We were together for 12 years, and of course... Love does not grow in the closet, so we we didn't make it. But um, you know, it was a, it was it was something that nearly took me down. Uh, not not being gay, but uh, hiding that I was gay, and mm-hmm. and um, so you know, I guess there a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. Why I uh, made the decision to not just come out, but to come out well. I you know, I wanted to. I started writing my book in 2007. Uh, it takes a while to write a memoir. Uh, Random House in New York City published my book, and um, you know I, I've heard re- tons of rumors about my book deal and uh, that that I wrote the book because somebody offered me a million dollars to do it, and that that uh, you know that I had this lined up and that lined up. The truth of the matter is, I opened my laptop on a summer day in my house in Nashville, and I opened a Word document and I wrote my title page like me. And I began writing and once I started writing I didn't stop. I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have anyone who knew I was writing the book. Nobody offered me anything. I was resigned to if I have to go to Kinko's and print this book and hand it out on a street corner, that's what I'm gonna do. And you know, I'm a pretty lucky person, um, as, as kind of life goes, I You know, anyone who ever has a hit record in in music or the arts can tell you that takes a lot of luck and a lot of hard work. But I just set my sights on doing the right thing, which was not just saying, you know, I'm gay, but telling the entire story of what it's like to hide the very essence of who you are. You know, I'm a person of faith. I'm from the Midwest. I'm patriotic. I'm a farm girl. I'm you know, but I also happen to be gay and have known that I was gay since I was nine. Um, and when you, um, you know, there's a difference between, uh, you know, whispers and people saying, oh, I think she might be gay. That there's a difference in that. And there's a difference in making a decision that I'm going to lead every interview for the rest of my life, if need be, with I'm a gay country singer, because that's how you move the middle. That's how you move hearts and minds and i knew that i had a public capital in country music meaning i i knew a lot of people knew who i was and loved me and had been to my shows and gotten my autograph and come to my fan club parties and heard me on the radio and thought she's a heck of a gal and i wanted to add to that mix of things they knew about me i wanted to add i'm also a gay person and uh, i thought that was really important to do so um the you know uh, the response was but it wasn't anything that that I hadn't anticipated. I knew I was going to lose some fans, but I knew I might also change some minds too, and, I, and I'm proud of proud of that part.
0: What was the response among your fellow country singers? You know, within the industry, what was that like?
1: Uh, I, you know, I was on the Oprah Show a few weeks after I came out, and um, and Oprah asked me. You know, that's the thing about when you come out with a story like this and you do a bunch of press; they ask questions that, you know, you got to answer them. And they asked questions like, um, have your country music colleagues reached out to you? And at that time, um, only one had. And and it was, it was, it hurt me. It, it I was shocked. I was shocked that people weren't reaching out more privately to say, you know, Way to go! I don't want to say anything publicly, Shelley, because I don't want the backlash. But I'm proud of you, or you know, something like that. You know, it, people got pretty quiet. Um, and I, by the way, I've had the same phone number that, uh, for 25, almost 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they didn't know how to reach me. I think a lot of people just didn't know what to say. Um, but after after Oprah aired, um, you know, Faith Hill and I've been pretty. I would consider her a friend um, for years and years and years, and um, I received the most beautiful email from Faith and she said, Shelley, I was in my kitchen and I was watching Oprah and she said when Oprah asked you, have you heard from anybody? She said, I just grabbed my heart and she said I it she said it broke my heart that I hadn't reached out to you yet. She said, You've been on my heart and since since you, you know, came out with your story, she said I've been meaning to call you and check in with you and she said I, I now see how important that would have been, you know, had I done that. And she said, you know, and I was like, of course, I, of course I forgive you. And of course, I love that you emailed me now, Faith, and it, her support has met a lot. Um, she's very, she's a good friend. And I just, I think a lot of people maybe thought that, you know, they didn't know what to say or they meant to call and they didn't. But I'm going to tell you this, when somebody you know and love tells a truth about themselves that, that might seem hard to tell... Even if you think they don't need it, reach out. Reach out and tell them, hey, just want you to know I'm proud of you. I love you.
0: What advice would you have for young people who might be in a similar situation that you were, Shelly?
1: The advice I would say is be gentle with yourself. Um, don't hold yourself to a timeline just because somebody on TV or on the radio came out and said that everyone should come out. I, I'm not saying everyone should run down you know, their street wrapped in a rainbow flag because... It's not always safe. I would say be gentle with yourself. And when you feel safe and able, two very important things safe and able. When you feel those things, um, you know, then tell your story to, you know, the easiest person you think you can tell it to. And then build on that. And also know that uh, sometimes people have a negative reaction and. You know, give them a minute, too. Um, more importantly, what I would, if since I have your microphone for a minute, what I'd like to say is not to the people like me who are maybe keeping a secret that they're gay. I would like to say to the people who aren't gay, to the people who are straight, um, that think they don't know and love any people like me, you're wrong. Somebody in your life is keeping this secret from you, And what will determine whether or not they share with you or the struggle that they have to share with you is a direct relation to what you say on social media about gays and lesbians and bisexual and transgender people about what you say on social media and what you don't say. So if you think, oh, no, I'm a really cool aunt, and if I have any... Nieces or nephews who are gay, I'm sure they'd tell me. They'd tell me. They know I'd love them. If you haven't told them unequivocally how you feel and what your support is, that you'd be there for gay people, whether it be a neighbor, a niece, a nephew, a boss, a colleague, um, someone in your congregation, you have to say it. Make sure they know because somebody in your life that loves you and that you love is keeping this from you because they're not quite sure what you'll say.
0: Very well said. Wouldn't expect any different from someone who speaks on this type of thing quite often. And yeah, I have two girls at home, and uh, I, I would hate to think that they thought they couldn't tell me something. So,
1: so you got to preemptively let them know how you feel.
0: I sure will. Shelley. can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your time. Before we go, though, your album, Lifted Off the Ground, came out 10 years ago. It's hard to believe it's already been 10 years, but it has. And you now have a vinyl version of it available for purchase to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. And people can pick that up today, right?
1: It came out the same day I did and the same day my book, like <laughs> me, did. Um, so Lifted Off the Ground, which is produced by the indomitable uh, Rodney Crowell, um, is now on vinyl. And you know vinyl is back,
0: baby. Yes, it is
1: and uh so we have it uh available on vinyl and i think i'm going to do a holiday bundle with my holiday record santa will find you as well um but if you want to order just a single piece of lifted off the ground you can find me at shelly.com which is dot y.com no need to even put my last name in there just shelly.com or find me on the socials and i'll personalize it for you and i'll send it to you and uh and it's uh, it's really fun to be to to hear that record on vinyl. You know, it just has a sweeter kind of richer sound on vinyl.
0: That's really really cool. We really got into it today, Shelley. We we dove deep. So, is there anything that we I might have missed? Anything that you wanted to add before before we let you go?
1: It you know what, Glenn? I just have really enjoyed talking to you. You're really you're you're good at your job. And uh, I hope we get to do it again. I love that you're featuring country music and, and, and the behind the scenes stories. And I'm really, I'm just thrilled to have been a part of your show.
0: Well, that means the world to me, Shelley. And yeah, if you ever want to do it again, we will definitely do it again. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Glenn. Take care. Have good holidays. They're coming up quicker than we know it.
0: You do the same. Shelly Wright, our guest tonight in the Honky Tonk Time Machine on K103.